This is a Retail Insider Podcast. You're listening to The Weekly. Welcome to this week's episode of The Weekly by Retail Insider. I'm Lee Rivett, and I'm joined with the Editor-in-Chief of Retail Insider, Craig Patterson, to discuss this week's most read articles on retail-insider.com. So thanks for joining me, Craig. Hello, everyone, and uh, happy birthday to us. (laughs) Yes. Now, we are recording on April the 21st, 2022. And as Craig mentioned, this is a very special podcast episode because it's around our 10-year anniversary. So woohoo for us. Happy birthday. But we wanted to give you a little bit of a retrospective look at Retail Insider over the last decade, but also to take a look at some key Canadian retail news that's happened that Craig wanted to kind of talk a little bit about. So by no means is this an exhaustive list of Canadian retail news over the last decade. We just wanted to kind of talk about some of the items. So Craig, with that said, do you want to kind of hop into the history of or the origins of Retail Insider? Yes, yes. Uh, Retail Insider, a bit of a labor of love. I started it as a blog about, yeah. <laughs> about 10 years ago. It was April of 2012 and founded um, a blog on the retail industry. I, I didn't even put my name on any of the articles, so people didn't know yeah. who Craig Patterson was, it was. When, <laughs> when it started. And it was one of those things where I was interested in retail as a kid. Yeah. And I remember reminiscing with you on the Sears catalog, especially at Christmas time. So you've been like into retail, like from the get go. After say hockey practice, I I was looking at retail and fashion magazines and whatnot. I was just interested in the retail industry was I was able to do some traveling uh, in my early days and and to the United States and saw some really interesting, you know, department stores and other retail. It really got the creative juices flowing in my mind and, and something that I became quite interested in, uh, well, what did you start writing? Because like the first article is always the hardest I find. So when the opportunity came to start a blog, I just started writing about things. My first article uh, in April of 2012 was about Nordstrom struggling coming to Canada. So I published a few other articles that actually weren't Canadian focused because I, I didn't know what I was doing specifically uh, mm. in terms of there was no goal saying this is a Canadian retail news site. Uh, I wrote, yeah. I think, my second article was about the Brüninger department store in, in uh, Düsseldorf, Germany. It's from Stuttgart was opening a new location. <laughs> it was just something I was interested in. I think the third one was about Bloomingdale's uh, uh, opening a new store location. So it was kind of almost about department stores, really, yeah. if you think about it, at least the first three articles. Before, uh, eventually, I discovered a readership that was uh, mainly Canadian and started focusing on, on reporting on the Canadian retail industry. That's kind of how the Canadian angle came about. Not to mention the fact that I was doing this from Vancouver. Yeah. And so that was in 2012, which is well before my time with Retail Insider. So where did it go from 2012? Uh, 2013, things just chugged along. I was actually getting some uh, pretty good news stories already uh, about shopping center developments. Uh, I was pretty gossipy back then. Um, Vancouver Magazine actually did a profile on retail. Insider. They <laughs> mentioned that Retail Insider was dishy, I think is the term that they used at the time. And because we were gossiping about the retail industry, even though it was called Retail Insider, I was a bit of an outsider. I'd never Trouble. worked in a store. So I had some friends yeah. in the industry, certainly. Retail Insider did blossom with a lot of information quite early on. I, I think it got quite interesting. The University of Alberta found out uh, fairly quickly that one of their alum uh, uh, was uh, involved in this retail insider thing, and I was invited to eventually come and work at the University of Alberta in Edmonton. So I relocated from Vancouver to Edmonton in August of 2014. Yeah. And uh, soon after, I was whisked away to uh, Calgary for the opening of Canada's first Nordstrom store. Oh, but wow. uh, not to get into that just yet, but uh, with University of Alberta, it opened a lot of doors. I'm just so incredibly grateful for 
the opportunities that came from that and uh, for the team that was there. Uh, Retail Insider continued to grow as a business uh, over the time. In 2017, Lee, you and Mario Tonaguzzi joined us. Yeah, and uh, so at that point, you had one solid professional journalistic person that was there. You also had someone like myself that was here um, consistently providing professional support for you as well. So that really provided a really good foundation for Retail Insider to grow at that point. It really helped with the growth of the business, of course, uh, as well as just making it fun and great. And we've all developed these wonderful friendships. And and that just continued on all the way through till probably 2018, rolling into 2019, where Dustin Foose came in and the editorial team began to expand even more, right? Like there's a co-editor too there. Just the way it was set out, Dustin Foose uh, appointed him as a co editor-in-chief just to take some some of the load off of yeah. my work as I get ready because we are, as uh, we know, launching Retail Insider, the magazine, magazine this uh, spring. It'll be in May. And, uh, and that was when Sean Terry joined the team as well. So uh, again, I'm super excited with his uh, magazine background to see what the first episode is going to look like in May. But that's an expansion, uh, right? This is an expansion yeah. of uh, Retail Insider Media as we uh, celebrate 10 years and look keep operating for at least another 10 years. Hopefully. Yes. Well, and again, looking back at the 10 years of content, you have so many things that you've seen. So is there anywhere you want to start as far as looking at interesting articles for the last decade that you want to kind of highlight for our listeners? Absolutely. One of the things that I'd certainly taken it upon myself to report on was international retailers coming Mm -hmm. into Canada. Mm -hmm. Uh, Big and small, certainly, obviously. Uh, We wanted to get them all. Well, what was your first large international retailer article that you wrote for Retail Insider? Uh, My first article, as I mentioned, was actually on Nordstrom, uh, which at the time in 2012 had not come into Canada, but in 2014 in September, uh, finally opened its first store. It was at CF Chinook Center in Calgary. And uh, uh, I it was really exciting. It was really fun to to actually attend the opening of Canada's first Nordstrom store. Uh, There are now six full-size Nordstrom stores in Canada um, in the... uh, Vancouver, Calgary, Ottawa, and Toronto markets. And then Nordstrom Rack, which is the off-price division, uh, came into Canada in 2016 and I think has 11 stores in Canada. Mm. I honestly have to do a count. And what was your next one after Nordstrom? A few other retailers came in as well. uh, And and some came in and left. But first, Saks Fifth Avenue came in through uh, Hudson Bay Company. That was a really interesting one. Saks Fifth Avenue opened its first store in Canada in downtown Toronto in February of 2016. Um, it had a personal relationship for me. I honestly never thought I'd see Saks Fifth Avenue coming to Canada. Yeah. Very exciting. And uh, it also led to my moving to Toronto from Edmonton. Uh, I stayed at an Airbnb a block away from the uh, downtown Saks Fifth Avenue store, which is located in the Hudson Bay building uh, on Queen Street at Young Street for those uh, uh, who may not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and while we're on this topic, why did Hudson Bay have the strategy of bringing in Saks Fifth Avenue and off Fifth into the Canadian marketplace, especially since like Nordstrom was already here and you had, you know, Holden Renfrew and all that kind of good stuff that was already here. Yeah. Well, the strategy is interesting because uh, it was really going after probably whole Renfrew mainly. Uh, Saks Fifth Avenue is a luxury store. So it's, yeah. it's a very highly elevated uh, multi-brand retailer that's of a large format. Uh, we don't want to call it a department store specifically, but yeah. it kind of is, or some people may call it that. Um, Hudson Bay, Richard Baker had acquired uh, Saks, uh, is it 2014? Uh, eventually made the decision to, uh, it might have been before that, made the decision to uh, to put Saks into uh, 
the Canadian market to, to really grow market share mm. for the Hudson Bay Company at the higher end uh, or at the very high end, exactly. I suppose, if you actually look at yeah. <laughs> what's at Saks Fifth Avenue. So th this was very much a competitive move. Uh, Nordstrom was coming into the market. We already had Holt Renfrew. Um, Saks was meant to come in and actually eat uh, Holt Renfrew's lunch. And uh, that did not happen no. in terms of uh, Holt's is very successful yeah. and Saks isn't nearly as successful in Canada at this time. And, and we don't know the future of Saks in Canada. I'm not saying it's leaving just yet, but it's not as successful. Know. Yeah. No, well, no question. Well, besides Saks and Offit, thanks for answering that question there. I, I know that there's a couple other department stores that you wanted to cover. Like, which was the first one you wanted? Yes, well, international entrance that came in and left. Target mm. uh, was a fiasco. I mean, I don't have to go too much into that because <laughs> we all lived it for the most part, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, but like, I mean, I wasn't in Retail Insider at that point, so I wasn't part of the Retail Geek Club yet. So could you like re like refresh my memory on when Target actually came in? Because it's, it's, I know they did, I just don't know when. Yeah, Target started making its announcements around 2013. Uh, I was even you know, announcing where the store locations were going to go because they were telling us. And oh. uh, uh, you know, Target came in, lasted for, I don't even think it lasted two years. Oh, wait. So like, I know that was, you know, two years, but there was a lot of like Target stores across Canada. So how did that happen? Like if they literally stormed in and then stormed out because like the, two years is a very short time to an entire chain to enter and exit not just like one store but like an army of stores the, the goal and and the requirement was to have these stores open within 12 months so wow. uh that's uh, it was a huge challenge there was logistical issues there's an article and i think it's canadian business or that uh, talks about the disaster that was targeted in canada definitely it's worth reading. wow um, <laughs> yeah I can very imagine. interesting stuff drama drama but just looking at our list, do we want to move into Sears Canada? Like I know that like coming and the growth of Sears Canada was before Retail Insider's time, but the departure was part of our time. Sears Canada, you know, it's sad. Sears Canada came in to, well, Sears entered the Canadian market in the 1950s, partnered with Simpsons uh, stores at the time to bring the catalog operations into this country. Uh, we saw some Simpsons Sears stores open and eventually uh, Hudson Bay Company bought Simpsons. There was uh, in 1978, there was a, split with those but long story short uh, Sears uh, eventually did exit exit the Canadian market yeah. all of its uh, final store shut in early 2018 and well it was shocking to me just because it's such a staple of Canada Sears Canada like the you know catalogs and stuff but what shocked me more was how they departed and especially with the leadership component right uh, it was really interesting because um, the head of Sears Canada at the time, Brandon Stranzel uh, is his name. He was the head of Sears Canada at the time. He uh, gave a talk at a PR firm, but it was just me, uh, Holly Shaw, who at the time was with the National Post, uh, uh, Francine Copan of the Toronto Star. Well, that's an exclusive club to be in with Retail Insider being recognized with those other publications. That's a feather in your cap. We were invited to meet Brandon Stranzel and to hear him talking about things. Like why? Sears Canada is closing or what? So I've got a recording on my phone still of him basically saying that Eddie Lampert, uh, who owned uh, Sears in the United States, was a big liar. Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. I, I've got this recording. I kept it. I kept it on my phone. It was about an hour long. Wow. And, uh, well, it was more him talking to us or talking at us about uh, his grievances around <laughs> what happened to Sears in Canada, and it was it was quite sad. So um, yeah, and again, it was sad because it, we we lost one of the legacy Canadian department stores, right? But at the same time, it opened up some opportunity to 
allow for the Canadian real estate for a lot of the prime downtown spaces that was locked up by Sears to suddenly come available. So let's look at the kind of repurposing trends that you were kind of seeing with Retail Insider as well. Yeah, well, the exit of, you're right. And some of those better Sears locations, I was writing articles, what are the most valuable Sears locations? I was sort of, you know, in my mind setting up what what could happen. And yeah, we saw some Nordstrom stores open in some former Sears locations. Uh, this is early on, you know, in terms of, like you said, CF Pacific Center in Vancouver, CF Toronto Eaton Center in Toronto. Uh, they became Nordstrom stores uh, and they had been very large Sears boxes before and had been actually Eaton's stores uh, in many years past. Eaton's was a, a department store chain in Canada that went under in 1999. Yeah. When besides the departure of Sears and the redevelopment of some of those spaces, um, there was also a, a not as reported on Fry Retail Insider, but we did touch upon quite a few um, grocery wars that kind of happened over the decade there. Do you want to touch upon those now? Yeah, I mean, again, Retail Insider got pretty popular because we were reporting, and it was actually mainly back then, reporting yeah. on uh, things that were happening in terms of consolidation. Uh, and it wasn't even just grocery, although grocery is an element. Uh, you know, Loblaws acquiring Shoppers Drug Mart. Uh, Safeway was acquired by, you know, Empire that owns Sobeys, eventually, you know, Farm Boy. Uh one of the things, well, one of one of many things that happened when Target was announcing that it was coming into Canada was uh, you had the other grocers uh, wanting to beef up their own operations. They were afraid. I mean, if you think about it, they, it's a competitor. They didn't want to lose their market share. So we saw grocery stores in Canada doing renovations, innovating, uh, uh, creating some really great grocery stores. I, I would argue, and I'm sure Sylvain Charlebois, Dr. Sylvain Charlebois, the food professor, would agree that uh, because of the, the entrance of Target into Canada, as well as the competition that we were seeing, uh, uh, we ended up with far better grocery stores than we would have if, if uh, Target mm-hmm. hadn't had made that decision to come into the Canadian market because Target, part of its uh, mix was food in its stores for the most part. Yeah, and like I have some amazing grocery stores downtown in Vancouver, like for example, Urban Fair and uh, First Street Market opened up in Yaletown and South Vancouver as well. But we also had like Sun Given Food come into the marketplace too, but you know, at the end of the day, yes, we've had a lot of great um, kind of groceries come in too. But another angle that we should kind of move into as well here in um, the podcast is some of the closures and bankruptcies and restructurings that happened over the last decade. So do you want to start hopping into that? Yeah, and I'll go through that fairly quickly. Um, one of the ones that surprised me the most, and they didn't, you know, the retailer didn't shut all of its stores by any means, is Aldo Shoes based out of Montreal. Mm-hmm. A uh, very well-known retailer. Uh, I, I, some locations shut down with a bankruptcy uh, that that happened in May of 2020. But but the retailer's still around. There's still lots of stores. Uh, the company just had to you know deal with some of its finances, including some expensive rent that it was paying for certain locations. It probably didn't need as many stores. We've- yeah. Well, and one of my heartbreaking store closures was Swimco. Swimco, a swimwear retailer out of uh, Calgary that had locations. Uh, October of 2020 had gone, uh, you know, into bankruptcy protection, eventually shut all of its stores, but it's starting to come back. We did an article recently on it, but sad. Uh, the original Swimco is uh, uh, no longer with us as it was at the time. Oh, yeah. Well, the next one on the list is similar to Sears Canada, where they had like a division in Canada and the division in the United States, but Toys R Us. And Toys R Us. Uh, that was an interesting one because the Canadian division yeah. was a bit different than the American one. The Canadian one did come back uh, uh, under ownership of Doug Putman, who owns... Sunrise Records and a few other uh, 
uh, retailers out there in Canada. He's from Hamilton. Um, likes to take uh, likes likes a good challenge in retail. Takes some struggling businesses and tries to turn <laughs> them around. Good for him. Forever Twenty One. That was a shocker. Yeah. Well, was it a shocker? I mean, it wasn't doing as well as it had been. But Forever Twenty One used to be a very successful retailer. And then one of the most interesting ones at the announcement of Disney shutting its stores in Canada. It, it was an unusual one because Disney didn't make the announcement. We did, and uh, it got complicated. I won't go into it too much because, uh, but it was very, very memorable. I got some hate mail because we were basically giving bad news, but in the end, you know, we were correct and we wanted to give some people an opportunity to find new jobs if possible. So, well, and I guess like the last section that we wanted to talk about during the podcast was really the trends that we were seeing with Retail Insider. Now, over time, we've been seeing e-commerce like increase, but it just exploded during the pandemic. And then, of course, there'd be like everyone knows about Amazon and everyone knows about the investments that Walmart has been doing year over year to uh, kind of go into the Canadian marketplace. But why don't we just kind of hop into uh, like the, the trends more from the international retailers coming into Canada? Uh, the international brands coming into the Canadian market. Uh 2017 probably was a record breaker in the entire history of Canada. Uh, I don't see how it couldn't have been. We saw more than 50 international brands coming to Canada by opening stores. And wow. I, oh, wow. I think that's tremendous. Uh, I've been tracking uh, since 2014 the uh, brands that have entered. And it isn't just brand new uh, brands coming into Canada. Like These are ones that might have been in, let's say, whole Renfrew already. And then they just decided to enter like full-on like standalone store entrance as well, right? And, and one uh, really interesting trend yeah. that I'm, I'm watching right now is uh, the move to direct-to-consumer mm-hmm. and how that's impacting multi-brand retailers. Exactly. This is something I'm really finding to be quite fascinating. Really interesting to see where you've got brands that might be in a store that has a multi-brand retailer, you know, multiple brands in a store. These brands now are going and opening their own stores and having their own online channels and are going to the consumer rather than being in this multi-brand retailer. So this is going to continue to disrupt retail. Um, it's going to be a challenge for some of the multi-brand retailers that may even end up losing their brands. We saw Canada Goose and a few others uh, pull out of uh, various retailers. And one of those multi-brand retailers that I adore and go to all the time is Holt Renfrew. And they're part of this whole um, situation that you're talking about where they're, the big brands are pulling out of multi-brand retailers, right? But Holt Renfrew has actually managed to... Uh, uh, maintain and keep a lot of its brands. This is a luxury retailer with lots of high-end brands because it offers uh, the brands essentially a direct-to-consumer situation where they can lease space in the store. So uh, you go into a whole Renfrew store and parts of it are almost like a shopping center in terms of uh, it's leased space for you know, Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Prada, Chanel, Fendi, Dior, et cetera, et cetera, Saint Laurent. Uh, and I'm, this is just the one up the street from me that I'm talking about uh, uh, all kinds of brands and, the, and these spaces are being leased. So this is a situation where the brands are, you know, basically operating their own stores. So the direct to consumer trend has been huge uh, and will have a tremendous impact on multi-brand retailers that are not offering that concession uh, uh, type of situation to the retailers. So we may see, we will see more brands exiting more retailers. One of the biggest ones right now that's happening is Nike. Nike is pulling out of all kinds of multi-brand retailers Nike makes up a fairly high percentage of sales for some of them. And and some of these retailers may end up going under as a result. So it's going to be very interesting to watch this happening. Totally. And that's pretty much all the topics that we wanted to cover during this 10 year anniversary retrospective podcast. But is there any words of wisdom or kind of retrospective thoughts that you want to like part with for our listeners? 
I, I, I want to say thank you to everyone who uh, reads Retail Insider and who's reached out and, and who I know. And, and it's, it's, you know, this publication and business has really changed my life. Uh, it's one of those things where you say never make life plans. I mean, my life plan was to one time to just, you know, been a lawyer, you know, you become an associate, then you become a partner and then you die. I mean, it's not <laughs> the most exciting career path, at least that's how I thought I'd mapped it out. And my life has been very much not that at all. Yeah. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. I've got to travel. I, I've met some of the most interesting people in the world, I'm sure. Uh, and, and it's a, you know, personally, this is just, it's, it's mind blowing. I, I, I'm just so excited for the future. I, I think, you know, retail insider as a business is growing. Uh, we're again, launching the mag retail insider, the magazine, mm -hmm. uh, bringing new people on uh, more reporting, um, getting into more you know, video and visuals uh, and retail insider. We really want it to be the news source for the retail industry in Canada. And uh, so we're going to endeavor to continue to grow that and to make it even more comprehensive, even though we're 10 years old as a publication, I still feel like it's a startup and I, I feel like it's brand new and on almost like it's day one, maybe not day one, but day recent. And uh, that I think, keeps things fresh and uh, hopefully that will keep us uh, innovating into the future, growing and, and just keeping us excited because I think that's really important as well as to be excited with what you're doing. And uh, retail in Canada has been very exciting and I think it's going to continue to be moving forward. So uh, keep following us here at Retail Insider, everyone. And thank you so much for doing it yeah. so far. And again, that kind of wraps up the podcast. Thanks for going through this retrospective with me and taking our listeners through a little bit of the history of Retail Insider and a lot of the different retail news in Canada over the last decade. But thanks again for everyone for listening. And uh, Craig, talk to you next week. Thank you so much, everyone. Take care and bye for now.